Welcome to the What Is Life Dude podcast. We're your hosts, Eric and Sarah. I'm a freelance musician. And I'm a vegan chef and food blogger. This is where we share our thoughts about building a healthy relationship, working as creatives on our own terms, and living with intention and authenticity. We don't have it all figured out yet, but every conversation gets us a little closer to answering the question, what is life, dude? Hello, and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are Eric and Sarah. Welcome back. I thought you were going to go with greetings again today. How are you? I'm pretty good. Mm -hmm. We've been going to sleep at 2 a.m. recently and waking up at like 1030. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're sleeping a normal amount of time, but our our schedule has been shifted Mm -hmm. way, way later. So I feel a little yeah. weird. It's it's four fifty in the afternoon right now, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't believe we're recording the podcast so late. Mm-hmm. But we only woke up like six hours ago. <laughs> and the interesting thing too is that we have not adjusted our meal times. So now that it's four, I'm like, hmm, it's time to start thinking about what we're gonna have for dinner because we, we just, usually eat around six six thirty. And we just don't eat breakfast anymore. We yeah. just go right to lunch. Everything's a little weird right now, and we've kind of we're not fighting it too much because we're going to be moving in a few weeks just to a little over two weeks right around two weeks two weeks less than two weeks i have no concept of time (laughs) almost ever i really depend on this guy to uh keep me grounded hey that's me (laughs) i was waiting for you to like have that realization like holy shit it's less than two weeks Mm. and you didn't because of numbers yeah that's okay um yeah it's less than two weeks today's tuesday and we're leaving uh, a week from Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I should say we're probably we're going to give a little um, life update, moving update mm-hmm. before we get into the main topic. So if you're not interested, maybe skip ahead a couple minutes. Yeah, I'll, I can put a timestamp in the uh, in the YouTube description if you're watching. Right. So if you guys are watching on YouTube uh, and you're used to our usual background, you might notice that some things are missing from our walls because we started to pack up again yeah we took all (laughs) we had six guitars hanging on the walls four Mm -hmm. on that side and two behind me um they're all gone and in cases we just we went on a a packing spree Mm -hmm. okay last time we moved and i'll talk about this a little uh how it relates to the main topic but for right now let me just say when we moved last time it was so stressful and we had so much stuff and we had to donate so much stuff and it was it was so stressful and i keep feeling like it's going to be like that again right now and then i kind of look around and realize we didn't add much to Mm -hmm. our belongings since we've lived here so it's like we we have the same amount we moved with last time we don't have to go through everything and toss stuff and sell things which took up a lot of time we just have to put it back the way it came Mm -hmm. (laughs) and put it into a moving pot again Indeed. So it's still stressful because moving is... Inherently stressful, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder if there's a personality that thrives on that energy. Maybe. I mean, we were kind of talking about how I even have trouble packing for like trips. Even if it's like a we, we did a little like three night trip to Palm Springs a couple of weeks. Wait, a couple months back. Holy crap. Yeah, it was Time. December. And... um. Even tri- packing for smaller trips really stresses me out. 
So, but I know some people like are constantly on the go and they thrive off of that and they like backpacking and stuff. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I learned that's not for me. <laughs> um, I mean, we thought about, you remember when we moved here, we were like next time or when we move out and we're going to hire movers. Yeah. I realized that movers don't pack your shit. They just help you they move the shit you packed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the worst part, at least for us, because we, we have a dresser and nightstands and a bed. Like, we don't have that much furniture. We only have a few things. I wouldn't mind movers, but we, I, yeah. yeah, we don't have enough stuff really to justify that expense yeah. right now. But packing all the little things, I mean, we'd still have to do that either way. Yeah. And yeah. But mm-hmm. that's that's moving. And we leave in 10 days-ish. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with the podcast over that time. We're we were... going to release things on time. I know we're going to release things on time, uh-huh. but we talked about maybe skipping the week that we're traveling. But if we if we find the time to backlog an episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure we I'm sure we can squeeze it in. Right. Because at some point, all of this is not going to be here, all mm-hmm. the recording stuff. And we're going to have to. Uh... Well, you, you remember the episode right before we left Colorado? We were like sitting in like an empty room and all we had was your computer mm-hmm. and the microphones it's a little more advanced now that we have the filming set up but we'll you work know, it out it's funny that s- certain things stress me out so disproportionately and this is not one of them and this like stresses i think, me out a lot uh, yeah i think that we could create a podcast anywhere that it is kind true. of in, like it kind of uh feels exciting the thought of doing it like at one of our pit stops but i'm glad I'm not it gonna excites make you, you. <laughs> Um, it does not excite me to drive for six hours and then do a podcast in a hotel room. I can, I do know what you mean though. It is kind of like how we did the podcast in Palm Desert Mm -hmm. and it was, it was like, Ooh, we're doing our, our setups mobile now. It's on the move. Yeah. It was was pretty cool. Well, I think it kind of goes back to our topic from last week, which was rest. And it's just different people find different activities restful. Mm. And for me... I don't feel necessarily emotionally drained after having our podcast conversations. Mm-hmm. I feel like good. I feel energized. So the thought of driving and then doing it doesn't feel too bad to me, you know, okay. but, you know, we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out. Well, we will be driving on over the course of the the days we usually would record the podcast, mm-hmm. right? Because we usually do it anywhere from Sunday to Tuesday. And we will be driving those days. So it is good timing. So tell them where we're that. stopping. <laughs> um, we're, <laughs> I really, I'm glad you, you cut me off because I didn't have an end to that sentence. Right. I would have just like slowly been saying words until it concluded. Uh, okay, so on the first day, we're going from San Diego to Scottsdale, Arizona, which is, I guess, a part of Phoenix. And then the second day, we're driving from Scottsdale to Albuquerque, which I've Googled so many times, I can now spell it perfectly off the top of my Albuquerque. head. Albuquerque. Weird Al has a song called Albuquerque, and it gets stuck in my head when I think about it. Uh, and then the third day, we're going from Albuquerque to my mom's house in, well, in a southern, a more southern part of Colorado. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay with her for a night, and the next day, we're going to wake up and drive to northern Colorado and go to our new house. Which will be empty completely empty which is different because when we moved here you may know our fam my family lives here so they're our fam they're our family now you know we had a, a bed waiting for us that we could borrow and we could use my family's kitchen stuff not that we did we we just ordered thai three days in a row uh, <laughs> which was nice fun fun memory i'm sure we'll do the same thing as we're leaving here order but, thai three days in a row yeah so our plan is to pack a couple of pieces of cookware you know our computers maybe some instruments 
and um, purchase an air mattress somewhere along the way <laughs> so that until our stuff gets dropped off there and we can unpack, we can eke out an existence. <laughs> no, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be fun. I one That's of the funny. reasons I like I do like traveling is that I get to leave all my shit at home mm. and I'm there with just the things that I need. Yeah. And I I even I even end up overpacking. So it's like I don't know, when I am traveling it feels very simple. Life mm-hmm. feels simple and uncomplicated. My mom's like, "Well, you can stay like a few days." And I'm like, "We kind of want to we kind of want to go to our empty mm-hmm. apartment and like it'll be one of those this is kind of how you phrased it to me you were like oh it'll be one of those memories we look back on like remember when we spent like three or four days <laughs> in our apartment before With we no had furniture. yeah before we had like most of our stuff yeah and we kind of just like remember that memory and it, i want to have that i want to make that memory yeah it reminds me when we visited costa rica for your friend's wedding mm-hmm. and we would just walk down to the like we walked everywhere we just lived really simply. We ate really simply. I know a lot of people travel and they like spend, they have a budget for food. We just bought rice and beans and hot sauce. Yeah. And we made the simplest meals and we watched some friends and it was so nice. Yeah. Just a nice little reset. We watched friends. Yeah. We That's watched friends we watched on friends. Valentine's Day. Yeah. You remember that? It was two years ago. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> we'll go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to, to make those memories and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Also, the place we're moving it's it's in like a little neighborhood but right near like the main one of the main roads in the town Mm -hmm. so we can walk to trader joe's which i'm so excited about (laughs) i mean we were talking about how we wanted i really wanted to live near trader joe's because i love trader joe's and we've never lived close to one Mm -hmm. we've lived like a 20 minute drive from one um and we never went there exactly and then we finally went there and then that was when my wallet got stolen Oh, my God. I've dr- bad Trader Joe's juju. God, I remember that. Well, and the other thing we were like, oh, we, we want to be able to walk to a grocery store. That would be so cool. Yeah. And it's both. We can walk mm-hmm. to the grocery store we wanted to live by. Yeah. My, so little, it's the little things. Yeah, my favorite place I've ever lived, I always tell Eric, is the place that I lived right before I moved to Colorado. And it was like not, I mean, it was in the Bay Area. So it was busier than, you know, where we're going in Colorado. But it wasn't super busy. And I was like 10 minutes away from this little, I don't, I don't know, not a strip mall, but this area with like a Trader Joe's and my gym was there and there was a Safeway and mm. a couple different shops and coffee shops and stuff. And it was just really nice. I like never really used my car unless I was going somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be nice. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the moving update. Do you want yeah. to do a little positivity box? Sure. Do you have something? Um, I thought of something last night. Oh, Okay. Go for it. Yeah, that was my hint of saying I want to go first. You always do. I opened me and Sarah's computers. I didn't talk about this on the podcast, did I? I opened up our MacBooks and I took a can of compressed air and I cleaned the literal crap out of the fans, all of the the techie hardware stuff that I've always been too afraid to look at. So much lint. Yeah. And dust. Yeah. Not the same thing. Um, I think lint is like clumps of dust, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it was caked on the fans. I was, I had tweezers and I was pulling out huge lumps of lint from Mm. like just random crevices in our computers. (laughs) And now we noticed when we turn our computers on, if we're doing something that is taxing on the computer, the fans actually blow air out of the computer Mm -hmm. because we're used to just hearing the fans blow and 
That's it. Computer getting really hot. Yeah, but now the fans blow and air comes out, which yeah. is normal, and it's doing doing wonders for our computers. It yeah. just makes me really, really happy. I'm glad because I was definitely feeling my computer was on its last legs, and I was not really looking forward to a multiple thousand dollar expense for a new one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a positivity box? Do I have a positivity box? I guess it just relates to the topic from last week, which is that I've been, I've taken a little mini YouTube break. Um, I should probably come back soon. <laughs> it's been like two weeks, I would say, maybe three, I don't know, time. Um, and <laughs> time. I've just been studying a lot and reading every day and listening to a lot of podcasts and books and interviews and such. Mm. And it feels good. I feel like I'm learning. Um I don't know. I'm excited to move and have our own fridge and to learn how to, yeah, to learn um, how to garden. We have a, we don't have a backyard because we're moving into a condo, but we do have um, a little outdoor space, a little patio about, you know, it would be a balcony if it were the second floor. That's what I mean to say. Yeah. It's a patio. Yeah. I think. Um, My mom was calling it a lanai. A lanai? Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. Is, so, what language is that? Hawaiian, I think. Okay. Alani. That makes sense. Um, so I want to, this is going to be, I, I just always like to think about the progress you can make over like 10 years time mm. with regards to what I'm studying now. And also I'm thinking about how this is the period where I'm learning how to garden for the first time and how 10 years from now I'll be growing all my own food and I'll have, hopefully, you know, we'll have a place where we can put down roots and Mm. I can have some raised garden beds and uh, commune with the plant spirits, the the tomato gods and the like. I like how you went to a completely straight (laughs) face when you said that. I mean, I just, I want to put our, so when we moved from Colorado, we broke down our patio furniture Mm -hmm. and we put it in a box and it stayed in the box the entire time we've been here and we're going to put it right back into the pod and i'm like let's just set up our patio furniture and then all the other space on the patio will be plants mm-hmm. just plants that's mm-hmm. it right there's this youtube channel i really like i'm gonna butcher this i think but i think the title of the channel is her 86 meters squared, squared. I think Mm -hmm. some variation on those numbers and those letters, you know, (laughs) but she basically has the amount of space we have. She has this really beautiful balcony garden that she's she did a lot of her own construction for. Mm. I think she made her own little greenhouse and stuff. And that's like my dream. It's just this little space with barely any room to walk. And it's just all plants. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And they eat a lot of that food. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm stoked for that. Um, Yeah, I think that i think that that sums up the uh the vibes yeah the vibe the vibe check the mood right now so that that's what our podcast is it's a it's an intro a vibe check and a positivity <laughs> box yes. and then the topic mm. all right let's get into it all right so this is an episode where we actually have the title or a variation on the title before we before the conversation so we're going to be talking about how to know when something is a no. Mm-hmm. And this stems from a conversation we were having last night where we we're like, what should we talk about? Mm-hmm. And I was just telling Sarah what was on my mind and eventually a topic, brood. Brood. Yeah. 
or more generally how to gain clarity on whether something is good for you or in alignment for you i guess i feel like we could name half our episodes how to gain clarity on <laughs> yes something mm-hmm. yeah so it basically stemmed from me saying we should do an episode about the things that are difficult for us right now mm-hmm. and how we are planning on coming out on top so mm-hmm. we were like how do we phrase that better right and how do we summarize that mm-hmm. um yeah So where do you want to start? You should tell them kind of what you're going through right now. Okay. So the main thing I brought up to Sarah last night when this came up was, as you guys know, I started, I started teaching music production classes for children, like virtual Zoom classes. And I've done three so far. The first two, well, the first one was really nerve wracking, as you know, if you've listened to the podcast. Uh, But it ended up going pretty well, and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. And the second one, same vibes. I was like, okay, this this works. I'm good at this. I'm connecting with the kids. They're learning. They seem to be having a good time. And then last week's, I came downstairs, and Sarah was like, how was it? And I was like, it was awful. I don't know if I should even be doing this. Okay. Um, And I kind of just felt like I wasn't connecting with the kids, and music production is such an advanced topic at least for me who's been doing it for so long i'm so far removed from being a beginner that it's hard for me to kind of i i don't know understand what it's like for not beginners but for children especially Mm -hmm. you know i had a private lesson with someone who was a beginner but they're an adult and we had a good conversation and he learned some stuff but with the kids, I'm like, I don't know exactly how to give you this information without it going over your head. And the people who run the program kind of want us to, they kind of want us to get the kids like involved right away and start working and building a song. Rather than just lecturing them. Yeah. And I'm like, how do the kids, how? The, the, there's so much you need to know about music first. Mm-hmm. Um And I was just, Sarah and I were talking through this, and I kind of came to the conclusion that I need to recontextualize a little, change my perspective, and remind myself that they are children, and I'm not here to teach them advanced things, and they're working with a pretty basic program. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I need to kind of change my perspective and how I want to approach teaching them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, tie it into our topic here. Well, I was wondering if I should stop doing it mm-hmm. when the program ends. They're basically six to eight week programs, so mm-hmm. six to eight classes. So it's kind of like if I don't dig it anymore, I can say, oh, I'm not going to pick up any more classes um, for the next round. You right. know. <clears throat> so it kind of just led to this conversation of, when do we know whether something's worth continuing to pursue or when do you or when do you cut your losses and say you know what that's not for me i'm mm-hmm. not going to do it and we were thinking of how it can tie into jobs relationships mm-hmm. really anything yes anything and everything mm-hmm. so in my particular instance with this i'm going to try to recontextualize change how i approach it with the kids and if it 
starts feeling better, that's great. And if it continues not feeling great, then at the end of the program, I'll be like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't for me. Right. Luckily, I'm in a position where it's not just um, it's not a full time job Mm -hmm. that I either I'm in or I'm out. Right. Like I said, there are these blocks of classes for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Like having that um, degree of freedom, I guess. Mm And it not being like, it's not like your old job, which really did take up most of your every day, yeah. five days a week for years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, right, we did not really know how to make an episode out of that topic. We were, because it was very top of mind for Eric yesterday on top of the stress from the move. And we were like, hmm, I mean, should we just skip a week? Because we don't really like to come on here, as you guys know, and just kind of um be downers yeah like ruminate on issues we're going through unless we have some sort of way that we can like abstract it so that it can be helpful for you guys too yeah i mean our podcast as therapeutic as it is for us sometimes yeah it's we don't have the podcast so you guys can listen to us like our therapists like our therapists (laughs) um i mean like i said it, it it does feel that way sometimes for us which is nice but we want to have that effect on you guys also Right. We don't want you guys to listen for an hour and be like, I, what? Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for complaining to me the whole time. Yeah. You know. So here's an interesting thing. And I it's because we've been dating for so long and I'm kind of, I'm just used to how your mind works. Mm. But I think everyone kind of gets, has a sense of how they best process information. Like some people really need to um, have things bounced off of someone else. Like they need to s- just like air everything that's in their mind and then have somebody else kind of rephrase it and say, am I hearing this right? Am I understanding this right? And ask them questions. That's me. Right. And some people are more like, oh, I need to write down a pros and cons list. I need to think about it really logically. Some people, the process is very internal. So for me, I've noticed <laughs> I I do get some value out of like bouncing ideas off of you, but usually my decisions are very in my own head actually in my own body is like i feel physical sensations when i to to know whether something's a appropriate action for me to take um which that's another thing that goes back to the topic of intuition that we brought up i think two weeks back and which bears i think it needs its own episode but like i've noticed that you um eric <laughs> because like, sometimes i'm like you audience and sometimes i'm like you eric you know after 57 episodes i feel like i would have learned to just say you you dear listener you yeah so i know that eric benefits from just kind of like blurting things out mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes i don't even need to say anything and he'll gain that clarity just by putting it out there <laughs> but i'm also i kind of something i really like about myself is my ability to ask questions sometimes when eric is talking it becomes very clear to me that he already has made a decision but he just needs it to be kind of validated mm-hmm. and like for the example i always bring up is like when he bought his guitar his most recent guitar mm-hmm. he was like oh it's, it costs a lot but you know it's i'm getting it used but i would use it all the time and like all of these things and he kind of just needed me to say like buy it you know i need i needed the person i trust most in life to say that doesn't sound like a bad idea right that's that's it right right i was already i already was basically gonna buy it Mm -hmm. i just needed i needed someone i respected a lot to say that's not a bonehead move right 
So, so I've noticed that about you. And so we were having this conversation about the, um, the cl- classes you're teaching. And I noticed that we were kind of going a little bit like circular, mm. the conversation, which is to say that you, it wasn't a case where you had already made up your mind. Like you really did just need to kind of see it through. And I think a lot of us have this pressure constantly to have things planned out. Like what's your five-year plan? What's your 10-year plan? And as we've like a theme of this podcast is that there are so many things that are out of our control. And what we really have control of is what we're doing right now, like maybe just today even. Mm-hmm. Um And sometimes if we're trying to control things or make plans prematurely, we end up blocking a lot of the magic of, you know, life, divine timing. Um, And so I think if you're in this space where you don't have that clarity yet, I think a lot of us could benefit from learning how to be okay with uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, I dealt with this too like even when like Eric and I first started talking and I didn't know if I should go visit him because it seemed to be and not a very logical thing to do to go meet a stranger from the internet and especially as a small woman meeting a man and that was another decision that in my process was to just keep it in my mind I didn't like bounce it off of anyone I'm like a very secretive person you know I didn't really my mom keeps giving me shit because we didn't like she was like the last person we told that we were (laughs) moving here like I asked my aunt who owns the house and I asked my sister and um and then we were like hey mom I think we're gonna move there she was like what (laughs) (laughs) I mean it worked out she wasn't like opposed to it or anything but I've always been more of the ask forgiveness rather than permission type Mm -hmm. um but so I was like do I go see this person or not And it's so important to not um, feel the pressure to make promises to people all the time. Like, I didn't make the decision to go see him until I absolutely knew, like, yeah, this is the right decision. Mm -hmm. But you can't really rush that process, you know? Yeah. And so this applies to um, what Eric is going through, I think, which is like, sometimes we have, we feel this sense of relief once we've made a decision and it's not always the right choice in retrospect. And so I think it's good that you're able to say like, okay, well, this is not necessarily the most ideal situation right now, but I'm going to have um, an open mind and see if there's any space to make it better for me and for the kids, you know? Yeah, I mean, the other the other aspect of this issue for me is that starting next week there's like a whole new block of classes of six week classes um so i'm currently currently slated to take three more of them two being a class about youtube and one being another music production class so sarah asked me she was like oh are you are you still going to do those or do you not want to now and i'm like i think i still will because even if even if it is a little stressful and they're difficult and it ends up being like, uh, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I can still make it through. I'll, it'll, it'll be fine. It's not going to, right. It's not like, um, I don't know. It's not a life altering bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just going to kind of start over 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna teach it in the way that I see mm-hmm. the most fit, right? And I I've sat in on a bunch of other teachers in their classes, and I'm like, oh well, I kind of see how they do it, and I can do it that way, and. I know the people who run the company really like this person that I'm sitting in on. So if I kind of do it like the way they're doing it, it'll work. So I'm just going to try a few different things with the, my current kids and the new kids I'm going to get. And if it's not good, it's uh, not good. But something you taught me is sometimes we don't know which direction is going to be the right, the right one to choose. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know which way is correct. So you just choose one, and if it feels wrong, it's the wrong way to go, and you can choose a different one after. Yeah, which this is yes, this isn't to diminish the value of committing to things. I'm very, you know, I'm like that Taurus energy here. So I usually when you ask me to do something and I commit, I take a long time to decide whether I'm going to commit. But if I commit, I will always see it through. I hate canceling. I hate you know. I don't like skipping episodes, for example. I won't, there's been a couple of situations where I've committed to like a sponsorship and then I've felt like a little, uh, I don't know, it's not been fun for me, but I've always been very, it's been very important for me to always do the things that I say I'm going to do. And I think that when we talk about uncertainty, what you do is you commit, you still commit to actions, but you decrease the time frame that you're committing to something. Mm-hmm. So it's not about being flaky and like reactive all the time and or being like a diva, you know, it's about just not over committing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's not not you saying so like here's my example is like um, a while back I had been approached by a brand who wanted to work with me and they gave me an option to work with them for either a six month um, I was going to say lease. What's the word? Contract. Contract or a year. And everything in my logical mind was saying like, yes, this brand is in touch with my values. Like it's a good brand. I don't have any, um, you know, reservations about supporting them. Um, and it will be good to have this stable sense of or this stable source of income from a year. So I immediately without even thinking about it was like, yes, let's a year. Um, six months later, it, it became clear that it wasn't really a product that I personally would be using that often. And I ended up having to kind of force myself to keep using it just to fulfill the, that end of my, the bargain. Mm. Um, not that it was like a bad product, but just for my lifestyle, it wasn't correct. And if I had just, you know, anytime you're having reservations, if you use too much logic, rationality sometimes to make that decision because you're feeling that mental pressure to make a decision, it's not, first off, you don't always need to make that commitment. You know, like I could have committed to six months and then reevaluated it and continued on with them for another six months. But the fear and the stress made me overcommit essentially. And I think that's very common um, because we are very, I think a lot of us are very wired to make decisions from fear, like in a, like a sense of scarcity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think it's really 
lucky that you have like uh, the freedom to make the de- the decision every six weeks instead of you know yeah. years at a time. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to kind of do that Google Maps thing and say oh, I'm going to try going this different direction with the kids and see how it feels, and hopefully it'll be for the better. Um, in case you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, the Google Maps thing is this is just Sarah's. Um, analogy for choosing Talked about it before i think on the podcast yeah it's basically like you know when you're using google maps or apple maps and it's confused and doesn't know how to <laughs> orient you and where your car is facing and driving mm-hmm. you just start driving down one road and eventually it it's like oh okay i know where you are now and you got to go this way mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing right you pick yeah. a direction you start going and maybe you'll say ah this is not correct i got to turn around right yeah, figuratively. Yeah, when there is that ambiguity. I mean, usually the Google Maps thing is happening when you're like in a parking lot or you're in a neighborhood mm-hmm. or like you're underneath uh like you know when one road overlaps another, mm-hmm. like there's an overpass, I guess. Um but usually it happens when you're moving slowly and the device just doesn't have enough to know where exactly you are and what direction you're in. Mm-hmm. And it really requires you to you know, if as long as you stay where you are, you're not going to get that additional feedback. It's not going to course correct. So it requires sometimes picking up velocity to get the feedback you need. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter which direction you go in so long as you do move and commit to Something. some direction. Um, and I think that like people's like paralysis and their need to commit to things like to commit to like large, large things up front really does come from that space of like i'm afraid to like go anywhere if it's not going to take me to a clear destination Mm -hmm. but i think it is i mean like we said at the beginning this can be applied to everything really like career relationships um or that that question like what am i supposed to be doing in the world like what is my passion like some people even a couple years back i wasn't really sure like what am i supposed to be doing in the world i know i like learning about psychology but i don't want to be a counselor you know i like um cooking but i don't want to work in a restaurant and it was just like i sometimes you just have to accept that you don't have all of the information you need that doesn't mean that you can't still make progress in some direction um and what it requires is instead of making a commitment to something that might not be in alignment for you, um, kind of just picking something. Like if you do not know what your passion is, like what are you here to do in the world? What should your career be? Do anything. Just try new things. So I just tried making a YouTube video and I got really good feedback you know and kind of the opposite for me in a way mm-hmm. you know a few, a few months ago i was like oh i'm going to i'm going to start making youtube videos about um all these home studio recording tips and tricks and whatnot are you freezing mhm yeah you I'm look, always you cold. look really cold <laughs> um yeah so i i made a few youtube videos and i was like um i don't know it doesn't feel amazing and then like i've talked about last week I put some feelers out on the internet and found some people who would want to take like home studio recording 
private lessons with me. So I did one of them and it felt really great. Mm-hmm. And I kind of realized, you know, maybe if I want to teach people about the one thing I know the most about, yeah, maybe the YouTube platform just isn't how I'm supposed to do it. And I, I mean, if you've been listening for a while, you know, that's my personality mm-hmm. is I'm good at talking to people and interacting with them. So it makes sense that a one-on-one <laughs> quote unquote practice <laughs> mm-hmm. would be right up my alley and feel better than doing the YouTube thing. Yeah. Where I feel like I'm, I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm kind of just talking generally at the internet, mm-hmm. and that just doesn't, it doesn't work the best for me. Like I'm right. good at talking to people directly, mm-hmm. and even with the kids, it's like sure there are three of them instead of one of them, but at least I'm interacting with them face to face, virtually. Yeah, but I think it's so valuable that you did when you weren't really sure in what direction to take your like music teaching career Mm -hmm. um the first because probably because you live with me and i do youtube it seemed very accessible to you and it seemed to make sense so that's something that you tried because it just seemed like the next logical step but it's so important that you did try it and you realized what wasn't ideal about it to get that feedback right Mm -hmm. because we i think we have to reframe we have to reframe what mistakes are Mm -hmm. like mistakes are not wasted time they're they're time that we use to gain clarity on what we really what's preferred essentially so if we can stop beating ourselves up about you know that guy that you dated for however long and it was crap and now i'm just older and i'm not any better off for it or like oh i just worked a job i hated for 10 years it's like you have to give yourself some grace and know that that's just how long it took you to learn what is preferred so if instead of marking like scratching off an entire experience job relationship etc or even like hobbies sometimes Mm -hmm. like right like i've talked about how i hop from hobby to hobby and i'd make investments in those hobbies and then i regret it you know like if we can just accept that you don't know things until you know them and that as long as you're out there trying new things and like kind of like bumping up against life as it were like you are informing yourself more you're gathering more information so in the process of making videos about um music education eric realized like oh i'm missing this personal element i'm missing the back and forth you know which is which is why when i started dating sarah and i started telling my family and everyone I'm close with what she does and I'm like oh you know she has here here's her YouTube channel and they're like oh I thought you said she was introverted like she's (laughs) here she is in front of a camera like welcome back to Sarah's Vegan Kitchen Mm -hmm. they're like what's that about yeah and I'm like I don't really know I don't really get it but now as our relationship has gone on and I've I know more about like the YouTuber side Mm -hmm. and like how YouTubers are and feel like I think about Jasmine from Sweet Simple Vegan. I'm like, she's also like Chris is the outgoing one like me and mm-hmm. Jasmine's a little shyer and quieter. Yeah. But like she's also great in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's because it, like you're not you're just talking to you're not talking to anyone. Mm-hmm. And it I, I can understand why people who have more social anxiety are good at that. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact flip side of why it's harder for me because i'm like i don't like talking to no one i like knowing who i'm talking to and i change the way i speak Mm -hmm. and the way i interact depending on the person that's like one of my um 
strengths. Right. So as a communicator. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense why the YouTube thing works for some people. And yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, this this takes it even further. This is great because if you can consider something that um, consider a time when you did something and it didn't turn out the way you wanted. But you think about how many times maybe you try to do the same thing over and over again, different um, different variations on that because you saw it work out for somebody else and still not satisfying, not successful, not good. And then you make it about what's wrong with you instead of letting it point you to what your actual talents are. Mm-hmm. So it's not that Eric made the videos, didn't enjoy it or didn't get like the feedback he wanted. And then he said, well, I need to change me so that I can perform this duty better. He instead said like, well, what's missing in this circumstance? Um, or what talents do I have that aren't being well utilized in this circumstance? And then it became very clear like, oh, I don't like the like in-person, impersonal, um, not that YouTube can't be like a dialogue between you and your viewers, but. Well, especially for someone like me who doesn't have a following, Mm -hmm. right? And I was just making videos because in order to have a following, you got to make videos first. So I was kind of doing it without having anyone to have a rapport with, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm kind of realizing as we talk more about it that I really, my personality is. Like, I have a base personality, and then really depending who I'm talking with, it's like, it's just different between people. And I don't know what part of my chart, <laughs> my personality, and just, like, yeah, it's that's just, that's how I am. And I'm sure there are a ton of other people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm by myself in a room with a camera, I'm like, how do I act? I'm not used to acting well, like myself. I'm used to just it's easy to be myself in here in my yeah. head mm-hmm. but then i'm like wait how do i just communicate when there's no one around what, mm-hmm. what, what, what do i do well that's an interesting thing because all of the personalities that you adopt in one-on-one conversations still exist when you're in front of a camera mm-hmm. you just don't know which one to bring out yeah and i'm just like flipping between ones yeah. and i'm editing and i'm like I'm acting a little weird, aren't I? <laughs> well, you're like, do I want to do comedy videos or do yeah. I want to be really authoritative? Do I want to be kind of funny and quirky? Do I want to be like calming, like yeah. just the teacher, the serene teacher? And it's like you go through all of those things yeah. and you're like, well, it you're not you weren't getting the same like degree of satisfaction mm-hmm. as you would if you had somebody like I don't know, like you thrive so much when you see that other people are at ease in your presence so to not get that back and then on youtube like the audience is as multifaceted as you are so it's like one of your personalities is bound to irritate (laughs) one of the millions of other personalities that could stumble upon your work which is why putting yourself out on the internet is is tough sometimes Mm -hmm. but it goes back to the beginning of the conversation where talking about me and feedback and yeah. bouncing ideas off it's the same thing it's like i base how i act based on the feedback of mm. the person i'm interacting with yeah you know like i don't i don't interact with you your sister and your mom the same way yeah like i interact three different ways mm-hmm. but yeah that's an interesting that was an interesting little tangent to um uh investigate a little right what but it's interesting that now you're like totally at peace with not making youtube videos mm-hmm on that topic but i bought a green screen 
<laughs> you could send it back. We can use no. it for the podcast. You know, um, I don't think we will, but or maybe we have like swirling galaxies in the background. Um, but I, I think it's cool. Like sometimes it's really hard to let go of a possibility, even though it isn't really satisfying us and we keep trying in different versions of it not i i don't know i don't want to send across the message that you should give up either like i said this isn't about being flaky Mm. it's about not trying to basically brainwash yourself into thinking that because something works for someone else that it has to work for you um or it's about not making yourself feel bad if you just have to say like this This isn't my path Yeah. yeah you know but it's it's also about um, also not rushing to the conclusion that it's not for you, you know? Yeah. It's about just being open on both ends. And really taking <laughs> the time and energy to consider what mm-hmm. you're feeling. Yeah. You know, I mean, but it's, t- it's tough because our feelings can change so much. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I've done one private tutoring session yeah. for music production and over the course of an hour, like the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh my God, this was a huge mistake. I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like I, this isn't, this isn't working. And then the last 40 minutes, I was like, like a few things clicked and I was like, oh no, no, no. Now we're, now we're doing it. Like now I'm teaching. Now he's learning. Mm-hmm. Like this makes sense. So by the end of it, I was like, okay, I can do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, right? And it's like the self-doubt comes in and there are just all these aspects that you have to like dig into. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It takes a lot of energy, yeah. right? It takes a lot of emotional energy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just goes to show how quickly things can, things in your mind can change. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a quick little break and thank some people? Mm-hmm. And then we can continue on with the conversation. Okay, it is time for our support. Shout out. Hi guys, we're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters. These are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit anchor.fm slash whatislifedude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga Pfeiffer, Morgan Lassiter, Jennifer, Scotty Draper, Glenn Ames, Kevin Dooley, Jessica Chelgren, Marie Zimmerman, Nina Schmidt, Izzy, Alexis Dooley, Annalise, Nadia, Teresa Madara, Kelsey Pritchett, Ellis Adler, Quinn, Anna Dureka, Megan Stewart, Samantha McIntyre, Dylan Schaubin, and Sarah Creighton. And now back to the show. And we're back. Okay, so I feel like we've talked a lot about mostly what the conversation was going to be about. Uh, good like i feel like we already we did the meat of the of the episode and Mm. the supporter shout out happened a little later but i want to something we talked about last night i want to just get an example from your life on this topic um can i ask you about your voice lessons and how the topic applies to the voice lessons okay so because that's something that you were like on and off about 
Yeah. But you were like, okay, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna push forward, and mm-hmm. well, you 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 tell it. Yes. Okay. I guess this this is useful. I really like concrete examples to make things feel real, so that it's not just all really airy fairy. So I've taken voice lessons from two different teachers. I took them in 2019 Mm -hmm. for several months. And then I started taking them again uh, shortly before a move until a few weeks back. And now I'm not taking them. So the first time around, I learned a lot, but I was feeling like um, I wasn't getting out of them what I wanted to. Like I was learning a lot about technique and about, I think the most valuable thing for me was just learning how to be comfortable in front of other people because I'm very self-critical and sometimes my fear of like performing in front of other people makes me not take risks or push as hard as I could. So basically I wasn't able to perform in front of my teacher like the same way that I would if I were like alone. I even feel that way in front of Eric sometimes, you know, and we're very close. So I think that was my most important lesson there, but it's, it sort of got to a point where it felt like I had like hit a wall with that teacher, I guess. So I stopped, I stopped going, um, then a year and something passes and I decided I wanted to try to find another teacher who maybe resonated, their teaching style would resonate more with me. So I found a really great one and she came at it with more of like, um, I want to even say spiritual, but she didn't market herself as spiritual, which is crazy that I found her. Yeah, Um, very divine. I just found her by looking up San Diego vocal coaches. And it turns out she's very interested in yoga and breath work. And all of like a lot of our sessions would be it was like so much less aggressive than my previous teacher who was a a male. And he would have me doing like crazy voice warm ups and like he really focused on how loud you can project. Mm. I think he was more into like performing, like live performance and stuff. And so I would always leave those lessons feeling very burnt out. And (laughs) so I really, really enjoyed the new approach from my new teacher who's a female, like very gentle, lots of breath work, lots of vocal toning, she introduced me to the Shruti box, which I've mentioned in a couple of episodes. I really, really want to save up and get one, but it's like a droning instrument. <laughs> How big are they? Can you give me? I don't like even. Okay. It's like put Not on too big. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, and then she kind of, I don't know. I feel like working with her led me into all of this exploration about like how different sounds and, and syllables are connected to like different energy centers and the body and all of that stuff. So it's like, um, it was the entryway into my interest into like sound healing, which Mm -hmm. I really want to explore once we move and I can start acquiring far too many instruments and crystal bowls and such. It's just funny that like you found her kind of on a whim Mm -hmm. because you took the step of saying like, well, I don't really love this first teacher. So I'm going to, allow myself to move on Mm -hmm. and now it's like i feel like it's opened up even even if it's not i don't know even if it doesn't seem like this is the case it's opened up like this other side of your spirituality Mm -hmm. and like as someone who's now teaching lessons if you don't like my style and you feel like you could do better with somebody else go do it Mm -hmm. because i you know what i mean like yeah to to take to take the 
not take the chance, but to take the action to say, well, this guy's not working for me. I'm going to try someone else. Like, good. You should do that. Yeah. And this is why. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different approaches to every single discipline. There's so many. And I feel like the difference, is, difference between my two teachers, and it just so happens that one of them was male and one of them was female, but like the difference between... um it's like that yin and yang energy. It's like he was so like an aggressive teacher, like let's run these drills, let's project, let's go through this section of the song and this section of the song and like that. Mm-hmm. And we would always practice with a karaoke track, so it was just loud and all of that. Um, and then she has a much more like receptive, like let's focus on the fundamentals, like let's learn how to breathe first let's learn how to calm down your nervous system Mm -hmm. let's learn how to just hum you know which is like i learned from both but it's really useful to like take things back to like the most basic right like just humming body loves to hum too it releases Mm -hmm. all sorts of positive hormones that calm you down but um Yeah, so I started working with her, and I'm a very socially anxious person. So (laughs) every week, it would be like an hour or two before my lesson, and I'd be feeling really sick, (laughs) and I'd just anxious, and I couldn't eat, and I didn't want to drink, and I I was always like, okay, after this lesson, I'm going to cancel, because it's just right now, I'm not equipped to handle it, and I don't want to push myself too hard, and then I would do the lesson, and then I would feel really good and i'd be like wow this doesn't make sense like why um and then same thing would happen week after week i'd be really anxious i'd really want to quit or like find some way to uh um i'm sick (laughs) i got in a car crash Uh, i can't make it it's not even an exaggeration either like you felt like terrible before your lessons and then you'd come in to the room after you'd be like, baby, I'm done. Give me a hug now. And I'm like, so it went, it went well. Yeah. But it still wasn't, I don't know. Well, you stopped, Mm -hmm. right? That's like the culmination is that you did end up ending them. Right. Tell us why. (laughs) I, I got to a point where I realized that, well, and I'm not opposed to taking them back up again, but when we talked about rest in our previous episode, I really, I quit basically right on the heels of uh, completing all those projects that had been stressing me out for so many months. And I just felt like sometimes doing something challenging and scary for your own good, like is for your own good. It's an act of self-love to kind of push yourself to be uncomfortable to take your discomfort or your anxiety through something new. And that's how it felt for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then after I had this this little break for work, I decided like I would like to apply this restful attitude towards everything. So I want to create some space to explore music kind of on my own terms using all the things we've learned. So I think if that's kind of where I, I came at it. Yeah, I mean, some things, when you push yourself to do them and they're difficult, mm-hmm. you come out and you're like, oh, I really grew from that. Mm-hmm. And then other things are like, that just made me feel worse and worse as time went on. And right. it's about like investigating mm-hmm. which which one it is yeah. inside yourself. Yeah. I think, weirdly enough, like money 
like the way you feel about like if it's something that you're paying to do or getting paid to do the way that you feel about your money after mm-hmm. that transaction tells you a lot about whether it's aligned for you so it got to a point with my my last last teacher where i didn't feel good that i was paying them anymore mm-hmm. and i was like okay well this is my sign to leave and i never really got to that point um with my latest most recent teacher, most recent teacher. i always felt like even if we didn't necessarily do anything super challenging, like there were days when I would go in and my voice was tired because we'd filmed the podcast or I'd filmed a bunch for work and we were like, okay, we'll just take it easy. I never felt like, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't really don't want to pay her. You know, I yeah. always felt very aligned with that. Um, but I, I also at the end decided, I don't know, it just, it became less of a thing like, um, do I quit? Do I not? Is is there something in it for me? Is there some reason, something that I, the fear is um, bringing up for me to address it's and like, like clouding, work through? Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to tell like whether the anxiety you're feeling is because you're violating one of your boundaries or because you need to prove to yourself like, yes, I can do this. Yeah, it's it, hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, it's like sometimes... It's like, is it just, am I just kind of anxious about it and it's clouding my judgment mm-hmm. and like really everything's fine Yeah. or do I really just not like it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's the same as, oh, is it a learning experience or do I just hate it, mm-hmm. you know? And like I had all these things going through my mind week after week and I would always just forget to cancel in time. And I have this very like, you know, this view of my life that if something is happening then there has to be some reason for it Mm -hmm. uh it helps me sleep at night (laughs) so i was like okay well i didn't remember to cancel there must be something here for me to learn this week at least and then i finally one week remembered like okay this is a good time for me to stop and it felt very easy it felt very like i wasn't stressed out about sending the email like i usually would have been Mm -hmm. i'm very confrontation avoidant yeah and I feel bad, like even telling my aunt who rents us this room, like it took me days to text her that we were moving because I felt bad because like she works in the airline. And I know pandemic has screwed up a lot of that for a lot of airline employees. And, you know, we were giving her a little bit of extra income by renting the room. And I just felt bad. And I feel like everything's my fault all the time. Anyway. Um well, I think I think an important thing, <laughs> I, I feel like we're nearing the end of the conversation mm-hmm. and I want to kind of just round it out a little bit mm-hmm. and say like, it really goes to show that we as humans, I mean, maybe this doesn't apply to everyone, but I'm sure it mostly does, mm-hmm. going to assume. Um, it's like we tend to think everything is a really big deal when sometimes it's just not as big of a deal as we're making it. Yeah. Right. Like, for example, if you wanted and this isn't your fault or anyone's fault or my fault when it happens, it's just how our brains work. I think it's like you didn't want to cancel the lessons and you didn't you didn't want to do that whole thing. But in reality, you can go back and do whatever you want. You can be like, hey, I want to start up again. And yeah. You'd be like, oh, OK, great. I probably will at some point, too. Yeah. And it's like, well, with my teaching the kids job, mm-hmm. it's like, well, they're I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure if it gets to a point where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore, I feel like I'm going to be like, oh, do I really want to stop? Do I really want to quit? Mm-hmm. 
But then really, since they're in, like I said, six-week blocks, if a few months go by and I want to do it again and try again, I could be like, hey, actually, I want to teach some more class. And they'd be like, all right, you're on on board. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, there are times where it is a bigger decision to make. But my point is basically sometimes we make them feel um, more intense than they actually are. I would agree. You know? I mean, I'm like the queen of doing that, right? Everything feels gigantic to me. Mm-hmm. And then I come in with this um, innate sense of guilt, which compounds the my experience of that. Um, but yeah, I guess to bring it back to the original like process of gaining clarity and determining when is this a no, I knew it was time to at least take a break from the lessons when I think here's the the hallmark of a grounded decision is that you don't feel like your brain is chaotic when you're making the decision and you're just trying to make the decision to feel better. Mm -hmm. Like it's more like it just came to, it felt like it had come to its natural conclusion and I didn't feel conflicted about it. I didn't feel like if I quit, I'd be running away from something or I'd be missing out on something valuable. Mm -hmm. I just saw it as me making space for a different way to interact with music for a little while. I'm very into kind of letting seasons, like physical weather seasons, guide my actions. I don't know if everyone feels the same, but I'm very comfortable during wintertime with Uh, moving slower with producing less with letting things fall away Mm -hmm. right if you think about trees dying quote-unquote dying during the winter it's very necessary for them to conserve their energy so they can come back like even better and more colorful the next year so i feel like i'm in this space where i'm just I've pared everything down to the bare minimum in many ways. Mm -hmm. My belongings, how I spend my time, my purchases especially, which has felt really, really good. Um, And like taking a little break from the lessons too and not needing to always... I I think play is really... Maybe an episode on play needs to happen, like Mm -hmm. the importance of play. Like I am very um, achievement-oriented, I guess, And so I've always felt like sometimes I'll watch people perform music and it will make me feel shitty about myself because I feel like I don't have the technical skill that they do and that I never will. And that's why I've always sought out lessons because I want someone to help me get to what get to my goals as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. But I think what I'm learning now is that structure and discipline uh, is very useful sometimes but sometimes you can learn just as much by just allowing yourself to play with a medium or an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes for music, it goes with like getting a set of watercolors and not following a tutorial, but just kind of like seeing what comes up. Mm-hmm. Or even with, you know, exercise that we've been talking about a lot, just do just going out into nature but bringing a book mm-hmm. or listening to a YouTube video. 
and not feeling this pressure to get somewhere all the time just enjoying the process i like really i like doing that during this season especially yeah yeah i think those are those are like the two approaches to learning and getting better at things Mm -hmm. you know i mean i i learned how to record and produce music by doing both both Mm -hmm. um aspects yeah right i just messed around and like look like googled stuff and watch videos and just played around for hours and hours on my computer mm-hmm. and like sometimes i learned a lot and other times i was like what is happening and then i also went to school and i went to college and learned it in school and got a degree in it mm-hmm. and it's like i learned a lot from both aspects yeah right and the people who are reaching out to me for music production lessons are they're like yeah i watch a bunch of youtube videos and like i play around myself a lot but uh there's just more i want to i want to learn Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think both are really important. But the last thing I want to say is I find it so fascinating how this this like saying no, right? This topic it really does apply to things so big and so small. Like I remember last week or the week before on the podcast I talked about putting down the book Artemis and it was we talked about like the um sunk sunk cost. Mm-hmm. What is it? Sunk cost bias. Bi- bias. Yes. It's like kind of similar, right? It's like I I didn't know if I should just keep doing it or if I should just stop listening to it. So like this topic applies to things so trivial, mm-hmm. at, like like reading a book and saying, I don't really like it. Should I just stop? Right. And then all the way to bigger things like jobs, careers, relationships. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this conversation by hearing our experiences um, helped you, hopefully related to something that you're going through or have gone through in your life and lets you um think about things in a in a new way mm-hmm. you have anything else to add i always feel like i'm i never know if you're i if you i really more. i really de-escalate at the end of a the conversation it's like i uh i start out kind of calm and then i get mm-hmm. really loud and animated and then when it's clear that you're kind of winding it down i just <laughs> you really like decompress yeah and i'm like yes 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 close mm-hmm. out the show eric <laughs> <laughs> yes all right well thank you guys so much for listening hopefully um this was helpful in some way and we will talk to you next week mm-hmm. on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts yes that was new <laughs> <laughs> bye get your podcast <laughs>